welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Marla and Tina and Dan and Craig so far. How is everyone? Doing awesome. Good. Ready to do nothing. You trying not to try? Yeah, that's right. All right. We'll keep trying. I had a sponsee that I that studied some with me. I, I called him and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying not to try. I'm like, that's a good one. I'm going to use that. So, Marla, y'all are still doing your uh, your daily meeting, right? Yeah, daily recovery meeting. It's free. <clears throat> okay, and it's at 1 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, yeah. Okay, uh, and that's dailyrecoverymeeting.com, and I've got the link in the note. And if you can't find it, it's under the SRC Facebook page, too. Oh, cool, cool, okay. And that's uh, just to any... Any addiction, anything? Okay. Any riffraff. Okay. And then we have a 9 p.m. Eastern, and now that's Monday through Friday, right? Okay. And then we have a Monday, we have a seven day a week, 9 p.m. Eastern uh, AA meeting. And you can get there at zoomaameetings.com or you can go to Intergroup. I would recommend Intergroup for anyone looking for a meeting. They've got like, I don't say thousands of hundreds of meetings for sure. You can just plug in a time or a type or anything, and you, they got a great search engine to find meetings. What's it called? Intergroup. Never heard of it. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's where all the AA meetings online where they've got them posted. Google Intergroup AA and it'll pop up. Gotcha. But uh, they've got tons of meetings. We uh. Our 9 p.m. meeting, we registered on there. We were running 20, 30 people, and we immediately jumped to 60 to 80, and we bump 100 now sometimes. Yeah, aa-intergroup.org. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. But, uh, but yeah, they, we got those two meetings going on, so that's good. A lot of people need a meeting right now during the pandemic, you know, because a lot of local clubhouses are not open, and a lot of people like myself, even though the clubhouse is open, I'm still not going back to meetings yet but uh, our online meetings are their salvation for people aa uh, archives contacted their lady was at the, our meeting and she's going to interview some of us about how meetings have changed and people who have gotten sober strictly from zoom during this time and and all of these how the changes that are that are happening within meetings because of covid and all it's really interesting actually we have two people that I know for sure that maybe had gone to one or two meetings before that literally have gotten sober in an online meeting. Never other than I think one guy went to one meeting after he got out of rehab and then was online. He's gotten a sponsor. He's worked the steps, everything online. You know, I've been working with guys for years like that, but, but seeing people every day doing that's kind of, it's very different, very different. 
I'm enjoying it quite. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a lot now because our, our meetings have started opening up. Well, it's, it's selected means if you've got a hole big enough, then you, you can socially distance and they're letting some of the groups open up. Um, I, I'm enjoying it because a, a lot of people would um, would previously kind of frown on the way that I've done my recovery because I'm, I'm one of the ones that have done it all online. I'm one of the ones that have done everything. I've, I've got the sponsor online. I've do all my meetings online, do my sponsor meetings online. And everybody used to say, oh, no, that's not how it should be done. You should be sitting down and having coffee with the guys. And, you know, you shouldn't be doing all this stuff online. And, and now they're all coming back saying, you know, this online stuff is absolutely fantastic. You've got a meeting whenever you want it. You can, you know, you're just right there and then. You, you don't have to drive out in the rain. And it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we're really enjoying it. And um, one, of, one of my biggest, um, I was going to say my, my biggest nemesis he, he was staunchly opposed to all these online stuff. And he was like, he came to me the other day. He was like, Craig, that's, that's just so amazing. You, you were, you know, you were, you were right. And so it is, it's really good for the people that are embracing it. I'm really, I'm really proud of the people that are embracing it. A lot of older people as well, more particularly the vulnerable people that, that are still shielding, they can't go out. They're benefiting from it so much. It, it really just has been such a, an amazing resource. For them. And I really do hope it continues once we get, once, once we actually get back to the meetings as well, I, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people are going to stay connected with us. Our, our 9 p.m. meeting for sure is going to continue. We've already turned it over to a group conscience and all. And there, it, it's a the fourth dimensioners is the name of the meeting, and it's it's on. I mean, it's not going anywhere. We got people all over the country that are involved. We have a group conscience once a month. I mean, everything just like a regular local meeting. The, the 9 p.m. one's 2 a.m. my time, and that's uh, I, I go to it occasionally. It's really good. It's, it's nice just to, if, if you're up and about, you have nothing to do, and you, you're kind of feeling a bit low and a bit lonely. You know, you can always jump online and just connect with people. And I can do it in my pajamas. Craig showed up, and he, he's like the, the new little baby everybody's staring at because <laughs> he's in Scotland, and he's on our meeting, you know, that kind of a thing. Wow, you know, they're all... They're like, can you understand us? They're like, yeah. <laughs> they start talking louder, you know. <laughs> okay, the true man. Any initial thoughts before we read the true man? This one I understood clearly. <laughs> All right. Well, can you read it for us, Marla? Sure. Being that you understood it. <laughs> Does anyone need a copy? By the way, that what? everyone got a copy. I can put it in the put it in the chat if I need to. Yeah, I'm just going to read it off my computer. Cool. Uh, the true man. What is meant by a true man? The true men of old were not afraid when they stood alone in their views. No great exploits, no plans. If they failed, no sorrow, no self congratulation and success. They scaled cliffs, never dizzy, plunged in water, never wet, walked through fire and were not burnt. Thus their knowledge reached all the way to the Tao. The true men of old slept without dreams, woke without worries, their food was plain, they breathed deep. True men breathe from their heels. Others breathe from their gullets, half strangled, in dispute. They heave up arguments like vomit. Where the fountains of passion lie deep, the heavenly springs are soon dry. The true men of old knew no lust for life, no dread of death. Their entrance was without gladness, their exit yonder, without resistance. 
Easy come, easy go. They did not forget where from, nor ask where to, nor drive grimly forward, fighting their way through life. They took life as it came gladly. They took death as it came without care and went away yonder, yonder. They had no mind to fight down. They did not try by their own contriving to help Dow along. There are the ones, I'm sorry, these are the ones we call true men. Minds free, thoughts gone, brows clear, faces serene. Were they cool? Only cool as autumn. Were they hot? No hotter than spring. All that came out of them came quiet, like the four seasons. Hmm. It's pages 60 and 61 from the Merton book on Chauncey. Comments? Dan? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, there's a verse that came to mind of the Tao Te Ching that was kind of like this one at least in in my immediate reflection, and that was verse 15. Mm-hmm. They talk about the wise ones of old. And it wasn't, it, and that verse isn't as descriptive as, you know, this one is, but I think the idea is kind of the same. It says, um, cautious, like crossing a wintry stream, irresolute, like one feeling danger all around, grave, like one acting as a guest, self-effacing, et cetera. It basically says the same thing. Um, as, as this one. And I, so that's cool, you know, for a cross reference. Yeah. Um, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say like the, the, the main takeaway that I got at least from all of this was, uh, I, I, it's probably not the only one, but I, you know, one of the ones that, that I came away with was being present in the moment. Um, you know, being in water, but not wet. Um, sleeping without dreams, like knowing no lust for life, no, no dread of death entrance was without gladness and exit yonder. Like, that's like, Hey man, you're born, you live, you die and you're here. So live now in the moment kind of thing. So that's, that, that was one of the things that I took away. Thanks. Yeah, it really is. Just an example in all ways of how following the Tao, what, what that looks like, a picture of someone who is is living this thing, you know? Yeah. I like the one line, <clears throat> the two lines, um, their exit yonder without resistance, easy come, easy go. All right, we live, we die, what we do in between, what ofs. Yeah, you know, the first of it, uh, that uh, they stood alone in their views. They were not afraid. They were, they were not afraid when they stood alone. You know, there, there, were, there was no people pleasing. <laughs> no people pleasing, which is huge for me. I, I see the people pleasing. I've made so many decisions based on what other people would think of me that it's just it's sick, you know, it's all the time used to be, you know? Yeah. I bet you don't do that much anymore. I do it more than I would like to, uh, not much, but I still have, uh, I, I, 
I was really looking at why I'm so concerned about getting fat. And that is a big part of that. For whatever reason, it's what other people would think of me. Which is kind of crazy, but that's a big part of that. Yeah, I mean. We're supposed to be thin. That's what society tells us. Well, according to my doctor, I'm supposed to be, you know, about 15 pounds thinner than I am. So I, you know, I don't know. What's the doctor know? <laughs> well, they say you're this tall, so you're supposed to be this wide. <laughs> <laughs> you're 15 pounds too wide. <laughs> Are you comfortable, buddy? If you're comfortable, do you eat healthy? Uh, well, I'm going. I'm I'm learning how to. Well, the big reason why I need to do something with my diet is because of my diabetes. I don't need to be binging on sweets at night, that kind of a thing. So just overall health, if I just do the things health-wise I need to, the rest of it will take care of itself, I think. But it's that people-pleasing is part of that for me. No doubt. And and the pendulum, there's not a big pendulum swing. No great exploits, no plans. If they fail, no sorrow. You know, just that ease of life. Craig? I kind of think this is what this verse is saying, or what, the, what this chapter is saying, is don't worry about conforming to everybody else's interpretations. Don't worry about conforming to everybody's idea of what you should be like. And it's exactly what Dan says. You know, we're here. We're, we're living now. Let's, let's, let's do the best we can now and not worry about what everybody else is thinking because you're not going to get another shot. You're not going to get another chance of it. Let's do things. Let's do things now. I liked, uh, I liked the, the, the part where it was saying um, true men of old knew no lust for life. I kind of I, I get the... I, I've got a picture of them all sitting around with Bob Marley smoking, smoking a big joint and just relaxing and just, just yeah, peace, man, just whatever. Yeah, just, you know, work here. Just let it go. Easy come, easy go. I'm marking the spot, Craig. I may or may not take that out about Lao Tzu smoking pot. I don't know if that's a good reference for us to have. <laughs> I was just, I was just, how else are they going to relax? What's the, what's the, we'll see. Sobriety. I think, I, yeah. It's a recovery podcast, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like Susan the now of our recovery. <laughs> just so you'd know, you know. Just to remind you, sponsor. Is that what we're here for? <laughs> I just had this I just had this vision the most sat around the campfire, just relaxing. But you know the thing is this though, Craig, learning to be at that place of ease without having to have a chemical change. That's the whole point, is not to have to change the way you feel physically to be at ease. That's the whole, that's, that's the deal there. Yeah, yeah. That's the, other part, the, the other part I like was um, they're talking about they had no mind to fight the Tao. Yeah, I, I picked it's that the, one out. There's just no resistance to whatsoever. I think that... I kind of get the impression that they were at that age where they just kind of realized that, you know what, it doesn't matter what we do. and it's, it's, it's not going to change the way things are going to happen. It's not going to change the way life's going to end for us. I can, I can resist it as much as I want. I can go kicking and screaming, but it's still going to happen. But, you know, we can learn that before we have to let circumstances, you know, 
Now, not everyone that gets old learns that. That's part of what, uh, like in the 10th step, when we ceased fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol, bottom of page 84, anything, and that's what that reminded me of there, that, uh, that we had, they had no mind to fight thou. They did not try by their own contriving to help Dow along. That is when I have my greatest uh, issues is when I try to help things along. My issues when I find things go wrong. Not fighting their way through life without resistance. This reminded me of the 51st chapter 2. Every being in the universe is an expression of the Tao. It springs into existence, unconscious, perfect, free, takes on a physical body, lets circumstances complete it. That is why every being spontaneously honors the Tao. The Tao gives birth to all beings, nourishes them, maintains them, cares for them, comforts them protects them, takes them by, takes them back to itself, creating without possessing, acting without expecting, guiding without interfering. That is why love of the Tao is in the very nature of things. That's Stephen Mitchell's 51st chapter. The very nature. I saw meditation too. Dan, you have something? Well, I was just going to kind of jam on that for a second in terms of what I know after I do my fourth step and my fifth step is I get this feeling. I mean, you know, you could call it relief. Sometimes I can call it restful awareness. Um, but I th- But I feel like that what I'm doing is I'm revealing my patterns and then speaking them aloud, which basically takes the power out of all the stuff. Right. And so in that moment, after I've completed it, I have, you know, a sense of accomplishment. Sure. But, but what I really, I, I feel like what I really have is I have a direct sense of my original nature in that moment. And that original nature being one of, like, you know, when I was born, I didn't know about ego. I didn't know about race. I didn't know about socioeconomic stuff. I didn't know that I had to know what I wanted, you know, all that stuff. And so after the fourth and fifth step, like, I get, I just, I become reconnected with that, with my original nature. And that is something that's always with me. It's always there. But I, I, I cover it up with all this other stuff, right? But, but that's the original nature that we're talking about that is Tao. That's like, there's no need to fight it. There's no need to improve upon it. Because it's already there. Like Dorothy Slippers, she always had the ability to come back home. All she, all she had to do was just use it. And I feel like for us, that's exactly the same thing. Like we spend how much time, how much reading, trying to get to enlightenment, <laughs> all this stuff. But, but what we don't know is we already have it. It's already there. We have but to let go. 
Um, but yo, I mean, we spent like, I, I've, I spent 40 years learning how to hold on. So uh, it's going to take a minute for me to figure out, Hey Dan, now that you've built all this, like let's start deconstructing it, you know, piece by piece, taking out what I don't need, you know, put, you know, con- you know holding on to what I do. So anyways, that, that's what that made me think about. <laughs> you know, the, the, um, the real gift that the program brought me recovery brought me was learning how to surrender because unless my life depended on it, I would have never surrendered. Never, ever, ever would I have learned to let go. And even with alcohol killing me, it took six years for me to learn to surrender. I mean, even in a, in a miserable state for six years, back and forth, back and forth, a month, a week, three days, three months, a week, two days. I mean, it was like that for six fucking years, you know, until I finally learned, until I got to the point really of suicide, till I really just said, you know, either this is going to work or it's not. And it worked. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I, you know, you know, I, I had to do it. <laughs> do what? You mean all I had to do was let go? That's all I had to do, yeah. yeah. But it was <laughs> that relate. difficult for me because, like you, Dan, I was taught all my life to work harder and do better. Even the relationship I had with God was a, a work harder, do better, do your part, and God will do the rest kind of relationship. It was the same thing. It was your effort and what your effort couldn't do, then God would, would do the part you couldn't do, not you stop trying. <laughs> there was no stopping trying in any of that. It was you try harder, and when you've done all you can, God will do the rest. That kind of thinking, you know. And I don't know if that's what I taught, what I was taught, but that's what I heard. Really learning to surrender, I had to have something that was life-threatening to teach me that. So you're right, and I think that's why we see a lot of gifts come out in recovery that we don't see in other places because our lives depended on us learning how to connect with this power greater than ourselves. I was thinking about that enlightenment comment that you made, Dan, because I'm thinking uh, it's that maybe knowledge that I do have enlightenment is what's keeping me from, uh, giving into my addiction right now. I'm sitting in a, a load of emotions that are really difficult. And, you know, my go-to for anxiety is to, to, to drink and to take pills. And something is that, that I, and I want to call it enlightenment now, is keeping me sane and sober. It's kind of cool. Thank you for opening that up yeah yeah well i mean like we feel lighter right because well yeah which is it's enlightened it's not <laughs> enlightened with, it, with I, the steps like the spiritual awakening and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and you know i i'm not a big i'm not a believer in a god in the sky but it's like a, i would imagine that's this is what it would feel like if i were into god <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've 
moments where I feel connected with the universe, connected with the Tao and my version of God. And it's great contentment, tranquility, you know, it it makes it, it, it basically makes it so that I don't want to think about anything else because I have all of what I need right then in that moment. Like when I used to get a buzz from two to four beers, depending, right? Like I was there, that was the thing. But, but the problem with that is it lasted for like 15 minutes. But this, you know, like you said, it, it lasts a little, it lasts longer and it feels better. Buzz going all day. <laughs> you just drink all day. Uh, no 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 i would i would hold on until like the end of the day and i'd be like oh you know and then at the end you know i would you know do the drinking and that's when it would so i'd have to wait all day just for 15 minutes of relief yeah yeah it was sucky yeah i get it but but i don't have to do that now because because of that feeling that you described how do you make that go ahead mara excuse me I'm sorry, I just said it's a little joyful. That's all. Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. So how do you make that connection, Dan? What's your what's your process for making that enlightened connection? I know meditation's part of it. Well look, yeah, I, I'm not qualified to say if I'm enlightened or not. That Yeah, but but you are in your own I mean, but what I'm saying though is you've experienced some enlightenment. We all have. Okay. You know, I mean, because we we all have gotten relief from our alcoholism or we wouldn't be sitting here or our drug addiction. So, yeah. How did we make that connect? That is for me, that's a part of enlightenment. So how how did you make that? How do you maintain that connection? I guess would be my question. Well, uh, lots of different ways to put that. The simplest way would be to say chop wood and carry water. Um, which basically means do I, I keep doing the things that got me to that awakened state in the first place, which is a daily practice of the steps. Um, now that doesn't mean that in the morning I sit down with the pad and the paper and be like, okay, step one, am I powerless? Yes. And my life unmanageable. Yes. This is how it's manageable or unmanageable. Eventually what happens is if I practice it over and over again, it becomes semi-automatic. Okay, so that's that's one thing. It's just you know practicing. And how do I practice? Well, you know, going to meetings and talking with people, working with other alcoholics addicts, mm-hmm. um, and then so meditation, daily meditation, like consistent, whatever the meditation is, whether it's five minutes or fifteen minutes or thirty minutes or whatever, it doesn't matter. For me, the key the key thing is consistency, like over and over, and over again, like not skipping. Do you get to a point when you're meditating that uh, you say, ah, oh, that's enough, and then you can go on, or do you just do a, so much and then stop regardless, or how do you how do you do that? I'm just curious. Well, okay, so I've got a routine, mm-hmm. um, and I perform the routine pretty much every day. And um, so it's, it's five minutes of just breathing, being aware of breath and, and stuff, and then it's ten minutes of sitting which is trying my best to be in the moment with myself, observing my thoughts. Like my thoughts don't stop. Sometimes they're just batshit crazy. Other times they're a little more still, 
And that's okay. The idea is that I'm just watching them, right? Or I'm trying my best to watch them. And when they drift and I remember that I'm meditating, I just, without scolding myself, just kind of come back and, mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, let's remember, listen to the fan again or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, and I do this other thing. I'm calling it bootlegged Kriya. It's not the, it's not the Kriya Yoga of Lahiri Mashaya. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's basically, it's pranayamic. Anyway, so it's breathing in, being aware of all the chakras, and then bring breathing out and and being aware of the chakras on the out and then sitting for ten more minutes, you know, just to let everything kind of settle down after that, because it's an exercise, right? And then uh, and then after that, I'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. And lately, I've been getting into like throwing a hexagram with the I Ching, really, which is which is super dope. <laughs> Uh, and that's all I dare say because I, you know, I, I don't want to kiss and tell with the universe. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but that, that's what my routine looks like. Okay. Okay. Thank you for asking. Anyone else want to share their, uh, connective routines? I know Craig walks. I don't know if he can, I guess he can still walk in Scotland. You can get out and walk in the pandemic, can't you? Right, the only thing we can do, we're no longer allowed to go to other people's houses. We've went, we've went right back. We've taken, we've taken about ten steps back now. Um, the, um, but the pubs are still open, but they have to close early at ten o'clock. So apparently, apparently COVID stops at the bar doors. So yeah, my, my my routine is walking. That's my I like I like that time. I like that time first thing in the morning. Sometimes I go at night time, but I just love that. Half past four, five o'clock in the morning. Nothing's about. Nothing's nothing's stirring. It's just. It's just great. There's. Uh, I think there's. I think there's definitely a. I connect. I connect better to. To my spiritual side, I connect better to God. That's that's my time when. Everything's just just kind of thinking about waking up, and. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really it's a magical time of the day. Um, I've binge watched Stephen King's The Mist on Netflix this week and the next day that went out there was a thick, thick fog so it was more of a run than it was a walk <laughs> and, that, and I got it, it's, it's pitch black because I, I, I live out in the countryside so I've got my I've got my minus hat light on and you know when you walk in the, the mist it kind of light amplifies also pretty spooky so that I was praying pretty hard that morning <laughs> No, I, no, that's 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 how I do my that's how I do my spiritual connection. I, I, I find it if, find it if I've not if I've not done that if I've not been out, um, then there's something there's something going to be off kilter during my day. I'm not going to be as settled as I should be. What do you do as you walk? Do you pray or do you just think? sometimes do you do gratitude? What do you do? Yeah, some sometimes I do nothing. Sometimes I do very little. Sometimes I've got my headphones in, just listening to something nice and light. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've got a podcast on. Other times I'm just listening. Other times I'm just I'm just listening to the silence, just mm-hmm. taking note of everything that's going on and just just appreciating everything. There's, there's a part we've got a couple of reservoirs up a bit, and just as you come round, normally at a certain time the sun's just coming up, so it's just on the horizon, and you get this overwhelming sense of um, of how how little you are in the universe. Nothing, nothing that I could do could can produce something that is, is awe-inspiring and as beautiful as a sunrise. Just sometimes you see the, the sun coming up, it's got a nice orange glow and it's reflecting off the clouds. 
it does, it just throws you into such, such a great place of gratitude that you're part of this world and um, do you know what? I, I, I don't really have to do anything, it's going to happen. The sun's going to come up and it's going to go back down again and I really don't have to interfere with it and I'm just grateful that I don't have to get involved in anything that complicated. All I have to do is just come along and be. You don't, don't have to fix the, have to you have to solve the world, the problems of the world. They don't well, need drinks. Do you know what? Apparently I'm underqualified for that. <laughs> and I should just let things be. Ah, oh, yeah. That's good, Craig. Thank you. Marla, you want to share what you, what do you do? Well, how do you do your connection? Really through yoga. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, shit, I just closed my computer off, but the, the last verse of this true man where the brows are soft and the face is serene, mm-hmm. that's how we're supposed to look and feel in a yoga pose. Equanimity, uh, seren- that serenity. Um, we're supposed to have, like, yeah, Buddha face and, and mean it and feel it in our body. But my meditation is really through yoga because I can just be so in my body. How long did it take you doing yoga before you were able to be in that place? I'm still you- not in that place. I'm sorry? I'm not, not totally in that place. Yeah, but I mean, even getting a glimpse of that place, because when I do yoga, I'm nowhere near that. I mean, I am just. <laughs> it's been a long time. I have the right teachers. It's been, I would say, 18 years it took. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been practicing since before, like 1998, something like that. Oh, okay. okay. So that's my serenity place. I feel better then. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it takes a long time to learn yoga. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I always had this sense that. You know, there's the poses and the physical aspect, but then there's also like the 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 breathing and the meditative aspect of it that I never was able to get to. Exactly, that's the we biggest do. part of it. There's the eight limbs of yoga. The poses are just one of the limbs. So, but you need the poses to get to the last few limbs. Hmm. Hmm. So it's a it's an intricate philosophy, but it's of course connected. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Marla. How about you, Zach? We haven't heard from you today, sir. Well, like Dan was talking about, I think I think consistency is really important. But it, at least in my case, I I think it's important to allow some flexibility with that. You know, if you tell yourself you're going to meditate every day, and it so happens one day that you you don't, then that's that's not the end of it. You know that's that's not the end of the practice just like in meditation the pro you know you go through this process of like you know you watch your breath or however you do it you know and your attention drifts and then you bring your attention back the overall practice as a whole is not different than that you start a practice you drift from it you bring yourself back to it that's part of the practice for me there was some relief in realizing that that it's never all or nothing. It's not you're in or you're out. You're just moving and then you keep moving or you sit still, whatever, whatever analogy you like. The other thing for me, most of, most of my practice or most of what I do is at night. I know most people talk about, you know, doing a lot of stuff in the morning. One day I aspire to that, but 
right now with, with three kids and a wife that works odd hours, if I wake myself up really early in the morning, I'm going to wake everybody up, wake everybody in the house up early. So the only time I'm really guaranteed to myself every day is after everybody goes to bed. You know, you just have to find, find a thing that works, find something you can start. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, I do a lot of similar to that. I start with reading and then do some breathing and may do my Qigong and then my meditation. It just depends. But, you know, my kids up and grown, I don't have, you know, I don't have little kids in the house. So it's easier to to set a clock and get up and do a, a, a pretty regular regimented routine, but regimented routine. But what I found for me is it's really more, it just wakes me up for the day and my real God moments come when I meet with a sponsee or, or have something like this going on. It's like my meditation time is just making me aware so that I can be ready, you know, so I can spend the day in a receptive responding manner i guess would be the you know and sometimes i'm meditating and i just don't want to stop you know and i said well i'll go another 30 minutes and i don't want to stop i mean i get this it's like it's never enough sometimes i don't know it's kind of crazy how it happens that's only been the last couple of couple last year or so at first it was like okay i did my 20 minutes i'm done (laughs) you know it was okay it was good but it's time to move on and do something else, you know, but, uh, and, and it's like, I can get to just a sense that, okay, I can continue, but I'm, but I'm there, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Um, that's why I was trying to get an answer out of sensei. Oh, y'all get ready for sensei for next week. We'll get, we got to do our questions for chapter three. I posted it in the Facebook. If y'all have anything, if not, I have to come up with some stuff. He he wasn't happy with how I phrased last time, so I'm gonna have to phrase him better. Somehow he was <laughs> he didn't like it, so I'm gonna have to work on that. But uh, I think I asked him to explain. He doesn't want to be asked to explain, uh, so I said okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's you know, it's just about like uh, Richard Rohr talked about. He sits and stares at a candle for 20 minutes in the morning, and I the first time I heard that I was like what the fuck, what, what, what good does it do to stare at a candle, you know, and I was thinking, ah, he's waking up spiritually for the day, there's nothing to accomplish, he's just waking up, right, when you steady your eyeballs onto something, it signals your brain to stop working, it signals your brain to quiet down, yeah, That's yeah, the point of that one, it's great, yeah, so he he sits with a cup of coffee and stares at a candle for twenty minutes in the morning. That's how he wakes up spiritually for the day. Talk more about the coffee part of it. How does that work? <laughs> and yeah, the what coffee, kind of coffee? You know, Zach, we have the thing here in the South called the BC powder too. Well, matter of fact, that's a- he mainlines coffee. Mm. <laughs> These yeah. are BC powder is coffee is caffeine and aspirin. Oh, that's all working on getting some sponsors <laughs> do what dan you, dan's got a comment on that you never had a bc powder dan no you no, live in north I carolina mean, man you didn't you did you didn't take bc's when you were in north carolina i was i was too busy drinking my face off oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh i think it's just getting ready for the day 
you know, and just listening, learning to respond rather than react. And, and this part on where they're talking about helping the Tao out, helping your life out, helping the path, the flow out instead of, instead of fighting and contriving and helping things along, you just learn to be at ease. Greg? I find I was getting involved in too much and that was becoming far too much of a distraction. Uh, Explain. Well, it, uh, um, I was I was reading different books. Oh. I was doing I was doing I was doing the Taekwondo. I was trying to work. I was trying to be a dad. Trying to be a husband. I was trying to do this, that, and the other. I was trying to follow one person, follow another person, and um, I kind of I wouldn't say I forgot the path that I've that I've taken, but I, I think I was diversifying far too much, and it was acting as far too much of a distraction. Uh, and there's just something somebody was saying about concentrating on concentrating on, on, on breathing and con- concentrating on the flame. That kind of got me thinking that you know just just by concentrating on that one thing, it can make me better at focusing. So what I, I've I've actually got rid of a lot of things in, in my life. I've got rid of the taekwondo business. That that was that was a big thing that that, that I wanted to get rid of. Um, as much as much as I love doing it, it just wasn't conducive to what I was doing. It was becoming it, it wasn't. I wasn't. It, it wasn't helping me be the best version that I could do. I could be myself, but the, the, the person I was working with just wasn't wasn't in line with my principles. Um, and there was a lot of distractions with that. And it was. It wasn't taking away from my program. It wasn't affecting my sobriety. It was a. It was. It was affecting my mental sobriety. That was the. That, that was probably one place. So I had to. I had to let a lot of things go, so that I could get things back in balance again. And it reminds me that the forty first verse of the Tao. And that's talking about, um, it says, a, a wise student hears of the Tao and practices it diligently. The average student hears of the Tao and gives it thought now and again. The foolish student hears of the Tao and laughs aloud. If there were no laughter, the Tao would not be what it is. So what I was kind of getting from that is the fact that if if you really want to be diligent, if you want to be, the, I think there's an old saying, um, it was a, a jack of all trades, master of none because we're getting involved in doing so much that we're not really paying attention to things we really should be doing. And if I'm paying attention to, I was talking to this about Buddy just, just, before, just before he came on, I'm finding that I'm doing things at home that I should be doing in my working hours. And it's taking the focus away from what I should be doing at the house. It's taking away the focus that I should be um, spending with Louise as a husband and Callum and Caitlin as a dad. I, sh- I should be focusing my attentions on them rather than rather than being distracted far too easily. Even things like reading, I'm struggling to find a book to read that I'm going to enjoy and something that's going to, something that's not going to distract me from from where I want to be. I, I like reading novels. I like I like the occasional, I like the Roman saga stuff. I like the um, Robert Fabry stuff and the, the, the Simon Scarrows. But I've even, I've even found myself thinking to myself, you know, this, this really isn't serving its purpose to me. So I've had to drop that sort of thing as well because it's placing doubts in my mind as to... Um, Nothing so nothing sobriety wise. There's, there's no there's no my sobriety is not at risk or anything like that. But I'm just I'm just thinking to myself. Look, where do I go now? I need to focus on I need to focus on what I'm doing now. Um, otherwise, it's gonna it's gonna be massive distractions in my life. So that's 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 another thing that I've, I've managed to do to try and connect to myself a little bit more. Is get rid of all the distractions, get rid of the all the noise pollution that's going in my head, and just 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 letting a lot of things go. I didn't realize I didn't realize that. You know, something as simple as that, diversifying too much could be 
could be a massive distraction. Well, what happens, Craig, I think with time is you learn, well, what we first started talking about was that there's nothing to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing to learn. There's nothing to achieve. And once we surrender the need to achieve, the need to accomplish, the need to gain, then we see what we already have, and we already have everything. It's funny because we, we, we were talking about this this morning, Marla. We, talk, we, we spoke about this in the, the 19th verse when we were talking about renouncing wisdom. Get your head out of the books and actually go out and do stuff. What do we want to achieve by reading all this quick drinking literature? I'm, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of some of the books out there. And, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to name names. Um, but you know, I think myself. You know, what, what do I really want to achieve by having all this knowledge? I should really well, be. Out could, yeah. The reason we do that, Craig, is because we think that knowledge is going to save us. You know, mm. we th- we think that if we understand that, that our our salvation is an understanding is what mm. we what we think if we're not careful we try we apply the same principles to recovery that we apply to business and everything else oh i want to learn about recovery okay well i need to read about this and this and this you tackle it the same way that you Mm -hmm. tackle any you know anything in business or or health or anything else you want to learn you go get a book about it and you study it yeah which really brings us back to, to this 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 chapter that we're studying you know should we really be doing all this or should we just be enjoying what's happening at the moment. Well, look at the true men. What did they do? What is our example today? Our example or... They just do. They just do. Exactly, Marla. They just do. We push it. We just try to make things happen. And then we gum it. This last stanza, like you talked about, Marla, mind's free, thoughts gone, brows clear, mind's clear, Faces serene, were they cool, only cool as autumn, were they hot, no hotter than spring, like they were, you know, nothing extreme, all that, all that came out of them came quiet, no anger, resentment, none of that stuff, like the four seasons, and when I heard that, I thought, hmm, what would that mean, like the four seasons, maybe part of that would be the providence thing, you know, that the, that one season follows the other and it happens as planned and, you know, spring follows winter, you know, winter follows fall. So does your life follow its course, you know, the same kind of way that uh, you have providence in your life too, just like the seasons. Yeah. Evenly, smoothly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No mistakes, no and and this looks like a very mundane, average life, doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't look like anything exciting. Well, what's the verse in the Tao that talks about that, that says that someone looks at this and there's nothing there that looks uh, attractive when you see the Tao? There's a, there's a verse to that. Uh, 35, she is centered in the Tao. Can, she who is centered in the Tao can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony even amid great pain because she's found peace in her heart. Music or the smell of good cooking may make people stop and enjoy, but words that point to the Tao seem monotonous and without flavor. 
When you look for it, there's nothing to see. When you listen for it, there's nothing to hear. When you use it, it is inexhaustible. Or when you surrender to it, maybe uh, another way to say that. Because that's what it is. It's surrender to the Tao is what it is. It's surrender to letting go and being open-minded. That's the thing I have learned. When something's starting to bother me, if I can stop and kind of just, I don't know how, I just open my heart. Just open up and say, you know, I'm not going to fight this. It just goes away. The anger just leaves. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to do anything. I just, if I just stop and say, I'm just opening my heart to whatever this is. I'm not fighting. Just take a deep breath. And whatever the was building stops building. It's crazy how that works. This is a good one. Good example for us. I think we should get easy come, easy go to the same status as it is what it is. Easy come, easy go. I think I will. Can I use that for the title? I believe I will, Marla. Is that okay? That's as good as any for this. Tina, you have anything to say, dear? I know you're you're traveling. I wanted to make sure before we closed if you had anything. If not, you don't have to. Oh, there she is. No, thank you. Thank you for everybody sharing. And I really like leaving with the image of Craig being the new little baby. I thought you were going to say about the image of me being in pajamas. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you, Tina. Everyone good? All right. Well, y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.